Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, oh, what a beautiful beautiful day. day. What a beautiful day for a major announcement that we have coming up. This is big news that me and Matt are very excited to bring you. We are officially starting an OnlyFans. Hey, you ready to you ready to see my tits? Oh, baby, I'm about uh, to you show my s- balls. <laughs> you wanna <laughs> you watch me jiggle my belly and give me six dollars? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I gotta start trimming. The, I gotta start trimming the boys up more regularly. More than yep, once every start- fiscal quarter. Gotta gotta wax that taint, uh, make it able to, to eat off of. Oh yeah, and good it's, thing uh, for us, so we're gonna we don't be have. At, a- we're gonna be at Matt on Matt Pod at uh, at uh, uh, Matt on Matt Pod at OnlyFans dot com. Yep. Um, you can check us out, man. It's uh, <laughs> Matt on Matt porn. <laughs> no. No, yeah. I, uh, let me yeah. steer, get something clear here. Yeah. On our OnlyFans, yeah. n- under no circumstances will Matt and I have <laughs> sex with each other. Looking like a couple of bean bags just rolling around <laughs> on each other. <laughs> bean bag porn, bringing it up. <laughs> just a couple of sweaty husks. Oh. <laughs> a couple of sweaty bean bags with legs. Couple, it's like those those men are not hairy enough. Why aren't they hairy? <laughs> You're not quite a bear. I got chest hair. hair. I don't have back hair though. I, oh, I don't have a. That's not true. Look at that. You are bear. You have yeah. nothing. You're a baby. I am. I'm not a checked. hairy person. I'm not a hairy person at all. Um, you just your T levels been. checked. No, my T levels are just fine. Okay. I'm just not hairy. Wow. I love how you're just assuming that I don't have enough testosterone because I'm not hairy. I think hey, thanks for assuming of, thanks uh, for assuming my testosterone. You fucking douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. 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 Matt assumed Matt's T levels because he's not a hairy man. Canceled. <laughs> 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 so welcome uh, yeah. back so to the Matt on Matt so podcast, be on a- everybody. <laughs> so uh, that'd be interesting if we uh, just so everybody's aware. We're, that was a joke. We're not actually on OnlyFans. You know who is on OnlyFans? Who's that? Uh, Tuesdays with with stories. Uh, Mark Norman and Joe List. Really? They they have an OnlyFans account Why? for their podcast. Just because I I don't know. I they just thought it was funny. I guess I, I have I guess, no idea. Because why not? That's the answer. <laughs> it's like it's like they want people to sign up on their OnlyFans and their Patreon. And it's like, no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, what are you talking? I don't know. I've never used OnlyFans, so I don't really know. I feel like, but from what I've heard, you you get a little bit more access. It sounds like a total ripoff. I think it depends on I, I haven't used it either, but I think it depends on each individual user and what they put up. Because yeah. I just watched a YouTube video where this guy uh went ahead and subscribed to all the YouTube the the big YouTubers that are on OnlyFans. He said he did it so you don't have to. Uh-huh. And like one of them is just basically a full on fucking porn site. 
Right. Uh, Trish Paytas, her OnlyFans is basically just a porn site. Um, but then, Are like, stealing from her? He just putting it out? He's just putting no, it out? No, he's reviewing her permission? it. Permission? He's reviewing it. Oh. No, he's not putting okay. it up. He's not showing no. any of it. No. Okay. No, that's the kind of shit that gets your Reddit deleted. Um, yeah. It's kind of shit that gets you kicked off the kicked off uh, Reddit, but no, he was just reviewing it, and hers is basically just straight up porn. And he said that the two biggest ripoffs were Belle Delphine and Tana Mojo, who basically everybody's been wanting to see naked for like three or four years, and all their shits just basically like them in bikinis or like covering their nipples with their fingers. <laughs> and they charge like 35 bucks a month they charge like 35 okay. bucks a month here's what i've heard about the the price the price tier for that is that you pay for a membership of own into only fans right you know you pay to, for their well, membership like you only fans is free you pay to be a member to their page one of our friends did it for a girl that we went to high school with. Okay. Yeah. I heard so the you, opposite is true. You pay to see their content and then you pay extra to them to get more content. It's like in-app purchase. That's what I mean. That's that's what I mean. Like you have to you have to pay to get in and then you have to pay for the content. Yeah, pretty much. Which is insane. From what I understand. It's like, what the fuck am I paying for whenever I pay to get I'm I'm like bribing a bouncer to get into this chat room with you. That's so stupid. And then I have to give you another five bucks for a picture that you're sending to like all your other people on. I don't know. (laughs) It's just like, like, I think that's such a ripoff. I don't like, I could never bring my, I mean, I don't, never bring myself to pay for anything like that but but because i just don't want that showing up on my bank statement (laughs) like i don't really believe in god anymore but i just feel like i would my mail would just be like my 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 bank account would just be set on fire if i ever paid for porn (laughs) like what are you doing your bank's calling you like you know porn free right it's like hey dumbass what are you doing you've been paying for this Planet, you paid for that Planet Fitness uh, membership for three years, but this is over the line. <laughs> over the line, market zero. God, Jesus Christ! Um, but brief so catch up time. You know, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked. Um, our last episode was received well by a few people that met, <laughs> fucking uh, decided to say something to us about it. Um, you said anything? I didn't see anything. Your did dad you did. Tom Hilbin did. Our two hey, most loyal listeners, to Scott and Tom. I'm going over to uh, house it for Tom here in a minute. Oh, fucking dope! Tell him I said what's up. Well, yeah, I've never met this him, man. But... I should have. I wish. I, I wish there would not have been COVID while I was in Dallas. I would have loved to meet Tom and Stephanie. <sighs> One of these days, but Dude, either way, it's just so it's so rough down here and, and all, Oh my God. It's just, I'm so upset at Texas right now, just in general, mm-hmm. we have no leadership. It's just, it's all just so bad. The past four months just flushed down the drain by Greg Abbott for mm-hmm. o- opening up so soon and not taking 
things seriously. Like he overturned that one woman's sentencing, even though she was sentenced to a week that she didn't have to serve, but he overturns it for opening her salon. Oh yeah. That woman in Dallas. Yeah. So Ted Cruz goes, gets his haircut there. Yes. It's all political. The fucking COVID, a fucking life threatening goddamn virus is a political statement. Fuck. Well, you, going around any of the major counties like the only counties that aren't going to have 20 plus are going to be rural counties like super in the middle of nowhere yeah so he's not requiring it of kids which i think i don't know they can still carry it they can still spread it like it's spread it i mean uh, this this is an anecdotal story but uh, so don't so take it as that but uh let's just say a friend of a friend Went to a cheer, went to a fucking cheerleading competition with eight hundred fucking cheerleaders, and two hundred of them got it. Why? Like, uh, oh, and the crazy part is that like only one of them had any symptoms whatsoever. What the fuck? So, it's, so I don't know about that, man. That's so stupid. Eight hundred people, and I'm guessing this was in like a convention center nothing. or something like that. Yeah, with a bunch of sweaty fucking kids. I mean, it's just nuts. That is absolutely ridiculous. Bunch of sweaty kids. Even if kids don't suffer from it as badly as older people, they can still spread it. That's the whole deal with this thing. I mean, uh, uh, a brief, a real actual announcement or whatever it is, I've signed up to start doing these... um, to possibly become a, a teacher at Texas uh, in Texas, I'm doing the Texas teachers um, training program. But I'm looking at these numbers, and I'm just like, dude, I am not going into a school in August. Like, f- no way, dude. Fuck that. That's so scary. I'm not gonna uh, make make some big commitment, and then basically get a death sentence written out to me because these kids, I feel like if teachers have to go in, they're going to get it. Yeah. Right. I, unless masks and your social distancing in classrooms, then yeah, which they're not going to do. Yeah. Because how can you socially distance in a classroom? You'd have to have less students per class, which means, I guess it means, I mean, that's just woo, the whole world sucks. This yeah, sucks. I mean, we're not going to get back to any type of normal society, any type of normal life until there's at least a treatment. Because God, we don't even know if there's ever going to be a vaccine. There may never be a vaccine for this. That's so just scary. like there's still not a vaccine for AIDS or HIV. There may never be oh a vaccine for this. But if there's a treatment then you can start getting back to normal life. But until then, everything's got to be masked up. Everything's got to be social distanced. And that is where the failure happened in Texas. And I witnessed it firsthand when I was down there. People just, it became a fucking political statement to not give a fuck about coronavirus. Yeah. It was absolutely absurd. It's, it's, there's a video of a woman in North Dallas at a grocery shop 
at a grocery store because the it's now it's been a requirement in Dallas where if you are in a an enclosed space you've had to wear a mask because Greg Abbott wouldn't just like nut up and make a decision he made the counties decide and so Dallas County had to do said uh, make a mask and so then this woman is told you can't be in this grocery store. And she starts, she grabs all of her items in her, in her basket and starts just like throwing them at people at, at workers. Oh, at, I saw that shit. That's North Dallas. And then there's also cheese wife who's freaking out. Cause she had to wait uh, 18 minutes for cheese for her fajitas. And this is all Dallas. This is all Dallas. I mean, it's just so fucking embarrassing. I it's I, I am learning again why I le- like why I left Dallas when I was nineteen, which was when I uh, went moved down to San Marcos because I was kind of old for my class. Like, um, I could I was just couldn't get out of here faster, and I kept thinking back. It's like why was I so eager to leave Dallas? And it's like, this is why. These people are why. I mean, this is nuts. Like, it's, I remember growing up and going to church, and there's a ton of teachers, public school teachers at my church. And they all talked about how they uh, implemented religion into their lesson plans. Or, or if a student came to them in crisis, they would, do, they would try to do, like, conversions on these kids in public school. That's what I was about to ask. I was about to ask, did I hear that correctly? Did you just yes. say public school? Holy yes. Shit. That and is I just remembered. I was like 14 years old listening to my friend's mom talk about how like she saved this girl. She saved her. She came up to me after class and said, I just took a pregnancy test and I'm pregnant. And I said, the first thing you need to do is talk to Jesus. And so I took her into the hallway and we prayed. It's like she, the first thing she needs to go, do is go to the nurse. Go to the fucking doctor. Like the first thing she needs to do is is get her parents on the phone. Yeah. Like Absurd. what are you like but and and it's just shit like one after another. It's just like man, like where are the fucking normal people in this city? I mean, because my parents are normal. They're fucking cool. They understand that a mask isn't a political statement. They understand reality. Uh, I, um, now, I did go to a private school briefly whenever, like, early elementary. And I, my mom said I came home one day talking about how dinosaurs and humans live together. And she was Shut just like, she was like, that didn't happen. And I was like, <laughs> no, my, my, she's like, my, my, my teacher, my teacher told me. And she's just like, shut up. Let's get on the internet. And like we plugged in the internet the and, and dialed it up and like spent those AOL minutes just so that she could look it up on Yahoo and show me all the different ages of, of you know, the crustaceous period, the Jurassic period, the blah, 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 blah. And then it's just like, but that's so many people down here. And it just drives me up a wall. But I, I can't. Like I want to, because to be real, like uh, one of the reasons why I convinced myself to move back was like, I was like, I was really just in a bad place mental health wise. 
but also I was just feeling like acting in New York was just so hollow in terms of a career. Like I wasn't really doing anything and I felt like the world was falling apart. And I remember saying, telling people like, I'm going to go back to Texas and become a teacher. And, um, which I am still taking the steps towards doing now, but like, man, I, I do not want to teach in Dallas County. Like, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the state, really. But if it's like this, it's just like, this might be a lost cause, dude. Well, I think, and I can tell you from my experiences back home in Texas City, Texas, I will never, for the life of me, and it was a big thing that I just couldn't understand when I was moving away. It was one of the things that played a factor in me never wanting to live there again. I'll never understand just the absolute brainwash that's going on, why everybody is so like, hardcore about their Jesus stuff. Like I don't get it whatsoever. It rules their entire life. They like live their life by all these crazy restrictions. Yeah. And like your whole life is just limited because of a book written by men. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and I don't, I don't know. I've, I've gone through different phases. I used to be real religious and then I had a real big loss of faith um, mm-hmm. around the time I moved to San Marcos to go to school and um, was a pretty hardcore atheist for a while. And now I'm not really on that on that side anymore. I find that side is a little bit is just as annoying as the other side I was on <laughs> um, because, you know, we don't nobody knows anything in regards to that. We know what we can see. And I my sort of I don't know the point that I'm trying to get to is that I still see value in those types of books I understand looking to them to to kind of just look at like what did people 2,000 years ago think what did people 6,000 years ago think and you'll be surprised at how much is very modern in terms of human humanity's problems that that you can look up in there and then there's also just some fucking insane shit. <laughs> like like stuff to where you can just be like, oh, well, that's clearly incorrect. And for, like, that's just wrong. Like, that's not okay. Slavery yeah. is not okay. Like, no. <laughs> like, like, who gives a shit about who's having sex with who? And you also, like, people, because the, the New Testament gets, I mean, I guess we're getting, we're, we're doing Bible talk. This is Bible talk. Um, the New Testament's super homophobic. People always try to kind of gloss over that, uh, like left-leaning Christians always kind of gloss over it. But like St. Paul was super mad at the gays. And the reason why was because he was like, we need to be making people to raise them as Christians. And we're not going to make people if you two, if you boys keep fucking each other. Like, like I don't know why he's from Arkansas in that rendition, but. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> Makes so, total sense to me. So, you know, you pick and choose. And this, the idea that these people have been studying that book for so long and can't come to the same conclusion is just nuts to me. This shit was written to, like by people in caves. Yeah. I, I'll never for the life of me understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. The, the kind of just... And it all feeds into what I call redneck culture, which is like, don't affect me. It's never happened to me. So it ain't real. 
And I, I had a lot of problems with Texas and Texans. Well, not a lot of problems with Texas. Texas is a place. Texas is a gorgeous piece of landscape. Right. You know what I mean? Texas is amazing. I love driving around the state. I have a huge problem with Texans and the way that they operate and the way that they're just like brainwashed by this book and it affects every decision they make in the entirety of their life. Yeah. It affects how they look at people. It affects how they judge people. And clearly this is obviously this is not all Texans, but Mm -hmm. like I have always felt stifled in my Mm -hmm. home state. I've always Mm -hmm. felt stifled. I've always felt held back by a lot of the people and the beliefs in my home state. Mm -hmm. So when I was there, I had a really, really very hard time for like the six, seven weeks that I was in Texas, not, you know, I felt like I was fucking 17 again. I felt like a, it was crazy. I felt like a 17 year old with no hope, no fucking future, no clue what my future was going to be. I hated it because I haven't felt that way since I lived there when I was, you know, like 22 or 23, whatever. I hadn't felt that way. I had felt like I'd worked really hard to accomplish some stuff with my wife and it's all snatched away and I'm back in my home state and I have no clue what's going to happen. I was kind of mentally and emotionally not fucking good while I was home. Right. And it's just, you have to walk on eggshells and create such like small communities here because you can't, because there's just not the, the baseline of morality is not the same with Mm -hmm. me and them. Like I, like I am just, even though they raised me, oh, well, my parents raised me, but you know, it takes a village. Not like, like, like they just care about things that don't make any sense. And they pull and, and, and there's a big, big thing about like teams down here. I'll never forget when George W. Bush ran for president and I was in sixth grade and my dad works with unions, so he was telling me that Al Gore was the guy to go for. And, pl- and, and he pointed out all the obvious flaws that Bush, is, Bush has had and still has. <laughs> um, and, but I, re- like, I remember talking about it with kids one day, and uh, I just came in not even thinking about how it was how, – how the fact that George W. Bush was our governor had anything to do with any of it. And I came in and I was like, well, I think the Al Gore, my dad says the Al Gore guy has a lot of good ideas and he's been working at that level for a lot longer and he can actually like string a thought together without uh, embarrassing himself. And you like, like everybody turned on me and and berate and berated me And the, and granted these are sixth graders, but it went on like to like that, that mentality continued. Like, and and the whole their only reason, the only reason that they had was he's our governor. How dare you, Matt? How dare you turn on him? And it's like gang warfare. (laughs) Who cares that he's our governor? The governor doesn't mean shit to me. I'm in sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know he was our governor until he was until I decided to pay attention to this presidential race. Like, like, I don't know. People down here just drive me fucking bananas and it really just freaks me out. It may, and I'm really angry that um, the, the first lockdown, if that's what you want to call it, 
uh, is just wasted. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's thrown out the window. It, like thrown all of that, wind- that whole, all that sacrifice, all that work or not work, it's just gone. And we have to, and we have to continue this through as long as we have to continue it. Yeah. And now in New York, it's just, you know, now we have a template here on what not to do. Um, things are opened back up to an extent, but goddamn, dude, if you're trying to go in somewhere without a mask on, everybody's going to jump down your throat. It's not an option. It's yeah. not an option. Going what? somewhere without a mask is not a fucking option. You cannot go into the convenience store. You cannot go in to the bodega. You can't go into the grocery store. You can go, you know, right now, outdoor dining is what we're doing. And the restaurants have clearance to put tables all the way out into the bus lane, which wow. has actually kind of created a really cool atmosphere where there is plenty of space and you feel safe sitting at the table and eating. The only time you have your mask off is when you sit down at the table. Yeah. You know? And Which you can go and use the bathroom, but put your mask on before you go inside. I've felt a lot safer here. Than, I take that back because there were a few restaurants that I went to in Texas when I first got there where it was like the nearest table to me was 25 feet away. Wow. You know what I mean? But then as I was there longer and it kept getting more and more open, it was just like, ah, this doesn't feel good at yeah. all. At yeah. all. And more and more people were just banging the drum of like it's over it's over it's over it's not fucking over it never was it's over we won uh what you don't think it's over you don't think it's over what's wrong with you like it's like i what's wrong with you buddy (laughs) yeah like what the fuck anyway that's i guess that was our quick (laughs) (laughs) check-in um Short, what do we needless got? to say, I'm back in New York. I'm very happy to be home. Um, I, After spending six, seven weeks there, I don't think that there's ever a time in my life where I think I could live in Texas again. It just was not anything good for me, personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, let's uh, check this shit out. Herman Kane has COVID-19 <laughs> after going... To Trump's shitty rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, (laughs) without a mask. How does Donald Trump not have it yet? It's he does. He has to. He has to have have it. It It doesn't make any sense that he wouldn't. It's (laughs) he's been around thousands of people to this point that have been diagnosed with it. He hasn't. He has to have it. (laughs) But does he just have the Mickey Mantle gene? He, well, he has the thing where he hasn't ever drank alcohol. So I think that that's, I don't know, that, that, does, that does do wonders for your body. Yeah. But I don't what know a- that like railing Adderall does much, <laughs> anything much better for your body. Really bad for the lungs because he's probably snorting that shit. Yeah, but uh, this fucking guy, man, I'll never understand it. Now, Herman Cain, who's a guy, another guy, I don't think I'll ever understand. Now, <laughs> he's got it. And I think we're just counting down the days until Ghislaine Maxwell gets that fast acting version. Yep. They have arrested Ghislaine Maxwell, the mm. cohort, the enabler, the fixer 
for a certain Jeffrey Epstein. And I'm just counting. She's dead. She's going to die at any she, minute. You sound very excited about that. I do not want her to die. Oh, no, I don't want her to die. I'm, I'm with you on that. I want her to survive and out all these motherfuckers for being fucking creepazoids and criminals. But I know it. she's going to die. Any minute now, she's going to contract the fast-acting 24-hour COVID virus, and she's going to be dead. Good Lord. This Bro, there's going to be, if she doesn't die, there is going to be a comeuppance unlike anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's going to be bad. <laughs> and We're I think good. that it, there, there's going to be, I don't know, man. I'm so like radical in my way in the, in, in what the way I see the future going now. Like, it's just like, here's the deal. Donald Trump and Bill Clinton were both hooked up by, by the two of them. Yep. So people Absolutely. are going to learn that they're going to get proof of that. And then, and I think shit is just going to hit the fan even more so than it already has in the last month and a half. Like you think people are on the streets now, just wait until we find out the, the, tr- uh, the truth. I mean, I know I sound like a tinfoil hat person right now, uh, like a QAnon dude, but it's <laughs> it, it, like, go watch that. I mean, this isn't my recommendation, but because it's so dark and depressing, but that Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix is nuts. Like it's nuts. What, like how much access Bill Clinton had to Jeff Epstein and how close they were like, and he didn't. And obviously Bill Clinton is not in that documentary denying anything. He won't even like talk about it. Yeah. I think and, I've read somewhere that Prince Andrew has been cut off from the Royal family, but that could be wrong. But yeah. I feel like I read that in passing somewhere, but woof. he's, I think that he's been, um, it's like, I mean, how do you cut off the Royal family? You know what I mean? Uh, right? He still has access that he has, but I do know that the queen is just like not fucking with him anymore. Oh yeah. Queen's <laughs> not fucking with him. I mean, and also, I mean, while we're on the same note, I mean, right now is Twitter is clamoring to cancel Brian Singer as well. who has been running an underage gay sex ring for years out of Hollywood. Oh, that's the X-Men guy, right? Yeah. She's, well, some of the stuff I've read has been just, fucking crazy that dude contacting underage kids via social media saying they'll get you in a movie if you come to this party and once you get to the party guess what dude dude that has been that pops up like every two years everybody everybody learns that again and it's like this is i've been hearing about this since 2015 maybe even earlier how has he not had his comeuppance yet i don't understand it I don't understand how he's not arrested. (laughs) There's plenty of people that are willing to come, come forward. Tons of them have. Right. I mean, there's all these lawsuits, all these civil suits. And I, I, for some reason, none of it leads to criminal prosecution. I don't, I don't understand. It's so confusing. God. I, the power structures and the way things are set up with power and money and this, 
it's so anti anything I was taught growing up. It's so anti what I thought was supposed to be American. What turns out actually that's the most American thing is just to have as much money as you can so that you can do anything you want and not get in trouble for it. It's fucking mind blowing. Yeah, but how I've much lost money does, all faith. How much money does Brian Singer have? I mean, he huh? produced all those movies. He's fucking rich. Yeah, but those movies are like, I get that he's rich. I'm not saying that he's not rich, but he's not like Epstein rich. No, no, he's not a billionaire. <laughs> I mean, he he produced all those movies into oblivion. That franchise is gone because of his work and how much people got sick of it. Yeah. $100 million. I guess. I mean, $100 million in big time power in the Hollywood machine. Massive power in the Hollywood machine, <laughs> man. And, and and you know what's funny about that is um, it's somewhat related. The comedian that got canceled, Chris Delia, <laughs> he put out a video like a month ago or something, saying like, "There's no pedophile ring in Hollywood." And then what does he get in trouble for? Mm-hmm. Now a lot Dude. of people are saying like, "We always knew he was a ladies' man." We didn't know about any underage people. And and I've also seen pe- people have pointed out that um, he always cuts off the conversation. Like, you never see anything once he learns these girls' age. Because what happened, if you don't know, um, Chris Delia, a bunch of screenshots were put out of him hitting up uh, young fans that are girls. And... Uh, like saying, I want to make out with you and come come to my hotel room and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, I'm 16. And then you see the cutoff. And people are saying, well, that's because he stopped responding. And I'm just like, you know, if you keep ending up in the DMs of 16-year-olds, something's wrong. Yeah, well, then I also saw, mul- I saw a <laughs> handful of examples where he acknowledged that somebody was too young. And then a month later was right back in their DMS asking them to come over to the hotel or asking them to come backstage at the show. Like that was like four or five that I counted. And there's hundreds out there of him acting very inappropriately (sighs) with underage people, even though, even when he knew. So like, I think, you know, right now a lot of people are trying to come down on his fellow comedians that were part of his crew as having to, you have to have known. Brian Callen made a very good point on Fighter and the Kid. They had a very emotional reaction to this. Brendan Shaw was is crying and he was crying and very mad at uh, Chris D'Elia. Callen made a very good point, said, Chris always went on the road by himself. We never went on the road with him. That's where we would have seen this, but none of us ever went on the road with him. And I'm like, oh shit. So huh. uh, that's he would go out on the road by himself. He would never bring any of his close friends on the road with him to see his behavior. So he was really, he dug himself like a hole in a secret life. It's just God. insane. So weird. It's and disgusting. I mean, and, the guy and, should go to fucking jail. And, and, and the fact that he put out that video saying that there's no pedophiles in Hollywood. It's like, dude, what the, right. F- like, like so you he knew what he was doing mhm he knew exactly what he was doing fuck that guy 
God, two you separate Im- occasions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you imagine being Whitney Cummings? No, no. God. <laughs> like you drug this dude uh, along for your whole career and always got him hooked up. And then you learn this. Fucking two separate occasions. The dude played pedophiles. Oh there's, yeah. There's that as, as well. Workaholics and you season two, like grade <laughs> a pedophile bullshit that he played. <laughs> Ew, it's so creepy. No, but I would like, how about we move on to some lighter news? Yeah, this has been a bummer. <laughs> this has been a bummer. Sorry, but it's a fucking weird world that we're living in, man. It's everything's really, a bummer right now. Everything's a bummer. It's a strange fucking world. It's a strange time. But that is why on July 3rd, streaming live on Disney Plus, you will be able to enjoy the full original Broadway cast production of Hamilton on Broadway. That'll be pretty cool. I am super excited. I'm very I'm excited. Making a very brave stance here and saying that I'm very excited for it. <laughs> Matt texted our group today. It was like, I don't care what anyone says. I'm excited for Hamilton dropping tomorrow. And I was just like, is anybody disagreeing with you, Matt? Like, are you arguing with people about this? I figured somebody when our group would not be excited for it. Did you think I, I was going to shit all over it was going to be you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hamilton. I, oh, I know. I just went into it thinking Matt's probably going to have a problem with this. No. Do you know That's how much I, Disney paid for it? How much? I hope $75 million. <laughs> $75 million. That's insane. Dude, before Hamilton, Lin-Manuel had a net worth estimated around $5 million. Now his net worth is over $80 million from the success of Hamilton. And, of course, there's Moana. And well, yeah. But, He's just doing so much now yeah. because of Hamilton. And Hamilton's one of those things where I, like, you know, as you pointed out, I, I'm a bit of a critic. I can't say that that's overrated. That shit's good. I loved it. I love it. I I didn't see the I didn't see the OBC, but I saw uh, the second, maybe the second or third string Mm -hmm. uh, cast. That shit was amazing, just amazing. When I saw it, there was like half of the OBC left. Yeah, Lynn was gone. Leslie was gone. Pippa, or Philippa Sue, and um, the. The oak, uh, oak, the guy that played Hercules Mulligan, like half oh, yeah. of the principals were gone at that point. But there still was like Renee Goldsberry who won the Tony for her. Uh, Chris Jackson was there, but like, uh-huh. I mean, I still had enough to where I still got an original, like a really good sense of it of right. the OBC energy, right? And the original um, ensemble was still a part of it. Oh, cool! So it was just like half the principals had gone by the time I saw it. Yeah. But uh ah damn dude that shit is so good and like everybody's going to see this now everybody's going to be able to see this now I, I love how they use the double turntable on stage god damn just theater nerd I forgot about extraordinaire that when i see a fucking <laughs> turntable deck in a broadway show i'm just like oh my god holy shit yeah <laughs> you turn those tables bitch well and the stage is a turntable yeah, it's amazing. It's like like it's it's 
fucking dope. That's a fucking cool. Oh. Like, and what I also love is that it was written by a grant. It, it was written because of a grant uh, given by Obama. Yeah, the MacArthur Genius Grant. Uh, I don't know if it was the MacArthur, but it was, uh, it was some other grant. It was. It was I don't think it was the MacArthur. He he has a MacArthur. Okay, but, but I don't think that it was a much bigger grant than the MacArthur. Mm. MacArthur is about the esteem. It's not really about the the price tag necessarily. Okay, MacArthur is just about like I'm a MacArthur genius because <laughs> I because I, I think it's literally only like like a million dollars maybe, which in the grand scheme of things is not that much. Especially if you're living in one of these type of places. Right. Like, and you're trying to put on an entire musical. Like, that's not that much. Oh, no. But, yeah, you ain't getting shit but, for that. But, but, but if you're David Foster Wallace, and all you have to do is sit at a computer and write a novel, million bucks is a lot of money. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Especially, like, didn't he live in, like, Iowa or something like yes, that? Yes, <laughs> yes. He lived in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, but I, I'm I'm fucking pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped because there's so many little idiosyncrasies of that show. When you've listened to the cast album and you've seen the show, that I cannot wait to see some of these moments with Leslie and Lynn. Like I just feel like it's going to be straight power, mm-hmm. power and glory. Yeah, I, I'm excited. A, I'm excited to see Leslie Odom Jr. Hmm. And Chris Jackson, dude. Chris mm-hmm. Jackson is a beast fucking yeah. actor. Love that guy. It's kind of funny. Leslie Odom Jr. has he hasn't really done much beyond that, has he? No, not really. I think he was on like a few episodes of a show and he did what all fucking Broadway dudes and Broadway men and women do when they win a Tony. They put out a fucking album of jazz standards that nobody buys. <laughs> who gives a shit? It, yeah, who gives a flying fuck, Leslie, about your album of jazz standards? Get the so, fuck out of here. So what I said stands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't done much. <laughs> he put out a Christmas album that I think was well-reviewed, but everybody's got a fucking Christmas album. So did Tom Petty, but that's not why we think of Tom Petty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's still Aaron Burr to me, God damn it. <laughs> he, no, he's he's I just find that surprising because he's so good on the on the record. I mean I never saw him perform, but on the record he's just incredible. He had a couple of he, movies. Oh, he was in Harriet. He was in the Harriet Tubman movie. Oh well pff, that didn't do anything. No. I heard that sucked. I did not hear. I didn't not really to be, <laughs> I just realized I, I just realized I'm like that movie about the super inspiring black lady. I heard it sucked. That's just what I heard, people. I didn't well, see still it. Well, is, is a piece of art. We can still be objective critics as a, of a piece of art, and a film yeah. is a piece of art. Uh, and I, you know, what's uh, Cynthia Erivo was nominated for an Oscar for it, which doesn't surprise me because she's badass in everything she fucking touches. Yeah, um, sure. But he's got a handful of movies coming out in the next few years. So I think he may be about to make a big splash. He's playing Sam Cooke in a biopic on Sam Cooke. That should be badass. All right. And then handful of TV show shit, you know. Yeah. But as of now, he has not exploded yet. That's that's a shame. Let's work on that, y'all. Let's get let's get <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. 
let's get his net worth up. Uh, not maybe not eighty five million. Twenty five. <laughs> Come on. Hey. He's he's talent. He's not going to see eighty five million dollars for a long time. Put put him put him put him in a Marvel movie. Yeah, like come on, let's do something. <laughs> the only t- the only talent that has that type of money is like Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington, and well, like they're the, also the heavy hitters. Yeah, well, they're also producers on everything that they do. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. If you're just a talent, you can do hundred and fifty movies, and your net worth will be three mil. I'm not shitting on three mil. No, but I'd love to have that. You're not in that echelon. Right. That, that big, tall category of big, tall men and women. <laughs> I heard a great story about from Matt Damon about doing The Departed with Jack Nicholson. And he, and he said Jack pulled him aside. He's like, do you know why I've had such a long career? And he's like, no, why? Because like, I'm a great fucking writer. And then he tells a story about how in The Departed, like they're they're supposed to kill someone, and uh, in the in the script it's like they kill him, throw him in a hole, and bury him, and it's dead. But then Jack Nicholson on the day of the set, he wrote an entire beginning, middle, end where he convert where he talked to the person he was about to kill. He 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 just did this whole thing, and a lot of it ended up getting cut. Um, but it made, but that's what he does. Is a, like actors like that do. They show up and they're like, "This script that Martin Scorch says he's pretty good, but I've got some ideas." <laughs> <laughs> Marty, are you looking for a little collaboration on this picture? <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Now I would go back and watch some of his movies and wonder how much of it was written by him. Shit, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying I'm to remember exactly what scene of it is. <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what scene it is in the in the Departed because it's a fucked up scene, and he added all this fucked up shit, and it was not supposed to be that fucked up. Oh, it was the part where they get like split, like uh, they get splurted with blood, and then the 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 guy the guy in the hat turns to him and goes, "You're kind of sick." Oh, the she fell funny. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, out in the marshes. Yes, yes, yes. He he wrote the <laughs> she fell funny thing. That is so. I'm not surprised <laughs> at all. That seems so on brand for Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she fell funny. He goes Francis. You really need to see someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> apparently, there's all this. Apparently, he like rewrote it to where there was like ten minutes of footage where they killed this woman. Like. For a a scene that's like maybe 15 seconds long. (laughs) Oh, God. I think the the Here's Johnny, the God famous Here's Johnny in The Shining was also improv. What? That was all him. I read that somewhere. Could be wrong. But like apparently he's just done a lot of shit in movies where they're just like be... Be Jack, baby. Yeah. Be Turn Jack. it on. <laughs> Turn, Turn it on. on we hired you lunatic. for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great, man. This is fantastic. Um, I've, that is a fucking such an amazing thing. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> looking at the Twitter corner here, and it's a little bit of a downer. Should we? Uh, yeah, let's not do Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's been such about a... All that fat bag of shit lately it's just if you're looking at twitter you're having a bad day <laughs> you know t- 
Twitter is this thing where every day there is a main character and the goal is to not be the main character. Oh my. Yep. <laughs> even if it's even if it's positive, even if people are praising you for something, somebody is yeah. going to find something that you yep. did or said. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why I love it. Oh man. Fucking you know who's a lot of a couple of big time YouTubers really eating shit the last few days Shane Dawson and Jenna Marbles um and those Shane were two Dawson yeah go on sorry <laughs> that's all good it's all good those were two of the main ones that went hard in the paint against Logan Paul when the Japanese suicide forest thing happened um Logan has since rebounded and completely retooled his stuff and is no longer making content for kids yeah. um on his podcast he was he was just very much like Listen, guys, these are two of the main people that came after me hard. And all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is that if you're going to point a finger at somebody, you better be fucking perfect. Because when you point that finger, you're about to have three pointing back at you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Especially with Shane. I don't know Jenna Marbles, but but uh, never mind. But Shane Dawson is just, I don't understand the appeal. <laughs> I started watching Shane way late, like way after any of the stuff that he got in trouble for. Like when God. I started watching, when I started watching Shane, he was just doing vlogs around the house and like uh, making documentaries about like conspiracy theories and shit. Like I was not part, I was never there for any of the blackface stuff. I didn't even know any of it happened until it was brought up because I never dove into his fucking yeah. backlog. Yeah, I watched that one thing with you once years ago that he made. Yeah. I don't know. That's like that's my own. And, and the whole time I'm just thinking, why is this? He's I don't know. Like we we watched the th- uh, about top ten conspiracies that might be true. Yeah, and the biggest one was like about the one that really freaked me out was that the mattress stores are a front. Yeah, I still think about that all the fucking time. It's the just drug fronts. There, it's fucking. Okay, I don't want to. Don't go watch Shane Dawson's video on it. Just look it up. <laughs> He's not the only person saying it, which is which is kind of the point I'm getting to. Is that I was watching it, just thinking like, why is this dude's take on this so popular? <laughs> He's just some He's, guy. I don't like, and I didn't find that video very compelling. It was except for that one part, but it, like, I don't know. I just I didn't get it. His OG creator's been around for a long time as a loyal following. Um, Clearly. And yeah, he's Jenna Marbles. is. Uh, she started her career as working for uh, Barstool Sports. She was the female voice at Barstool Sports. And then she made a couple of YouTube videos on how to... I think the one that really blew her up was how to trick people into thinking you're good looking. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that really blew her up, and then she left Barstool, which left a giant rift between her and Portnoy. Um, and so she became like super famous on YouTube and was driving a lot of revenue. And she got canceled. Well, she really canceled herself. Um, she decided to just quit YouTube. 
she's like, as I fucking, I did some stuff back in the day that I'm not proud of that I've apologized for a million times. I removed those videos. I've done everything I thought I was supposed to do, but apparently it's still not good enough. So I quit. I quit. <laughs> so one thing that she got in trouble for at the time she was super tan and she did this like impersonation of that Nicki Minaj character that's super violent and weird or whatever, Roman or whatever. And okay. they considered that people that came out at her considered that blackface. Um, okay. It's very strange. Very strange. That one kind of seemed like grasping at straws to me. But then she had a rap verse and a song that a rap song that she did where she um, was pretty racist against Asian men. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Like we're talking about people getting canceled. You ever have you ever listened to the guys we fucked podcast? No, but you've told me about it. It's pretty. I mean, it's I give it a B minus in terms of <laughs> podcasting, uh, but but it's really popular and. um they have this episode where they talk they talk about fucking black guys and that they released in 2014 and um every like every two years it like clockwork it is brought up and they are canceled <laughs> it's it's bananas and and they're just like look we're sorry like like we said we were sorry they immediately when it happened their next episode was about like, okay, we did not realize we were doing what we were doing by fetishizing black men and like sexualizing them. And, and, and I don't know, they were, I don't, I don't, I don't, I listened to that episode once like six years ago. So I don't really remember it that well, but, but, but like they, but it does come down to where it's like, what are we supposed to do? Like, like they, like we said, we were sorry. We are sorry. We took it down. I guess, what do you do? You, I guess I, you just get off of YouTube? Well, I mean, what you really have to do is, you. Have, so that was 2014. You have to judge it by their actions that that followed that. Did yeah. they correct the behavior? Did they actually learn from their mistake? Oh, big time. Big time. Then I don't see a fuck. And I, but they I'm still, fun, yeah. But they still run into this, like particularly when these Black Lives Matter movement uh, protests were going on and there were riots and and all that shit and they were out in that mess. They got canceled again for posting about being out in all of that while there were people were like, "How can you uh, pretend to be an ally whenever you have this one episode from 2014 where you uh, said a bunch of awful like sexual things about black men?" And they're just like, "Yo, go listen to the very next episode of the podcast." Like. We said we were sorry, and we realized that we did something wrong that we shouldn't have done, and we're, like, have, like, they actually, look, I say I gave it a B, B minus in terms of podcasting. That's actually not true, because they get a lot of, like, younger people, like teenagers. They're basically, like, a sex ed class for, like, young girls. Mm. And they're very blunt about the, in the way that they talk about sex with these, you know, these 15 year old, 16 year old, 17 year old girls that that mail in that mail mm. in questions and stories and and all this stuff. So that, so it's a very use. And so they've been a huge um, they've had a huge role in sex positivity 
and in sensitivity training and in talking about different levels, not different level. Well, yeah, different, all like the different situations where consent is confusing um, or like, you know what I mean? Cause when you're a teenager, yeah. just figuring it out, like, I don't know. You're figuring um, out, you're like thrown in the frying pan because yeah, your hormones and, are going ape shit. Everybody's going, trying to fuck. And nobody's telling you how to do it. Like, yeah, especially like, in places like Texas. Right. Like, and so <laughs> like, there's all these questions that kids have. And, and these girls, have, these women have done so much like work to, to make the world a better place in my mind. Like mm-hmm. really. Um, but they just keep getting canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i mean like what do we do like like so but so like with, with shane dawson it's like fuck him because he just i don't like him i don't like his content and the stuff that he did is just so unbelievably like bad like it's not even good like like if it was close to being funny or interesting it's like okay you you did something wrong and in, in an attempt to be to do something more profound, but he just sucks. So it's confusing. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's where, where, where do you, where, where do you fall on this? Um, with Shane, it's weird because I, like I said, I started following Shane a little later on in his YouTube career. So I never really was a part of that stuff back then. Um, I think Mike on the impulsive podcast brings up a very interesting point. Now I'm not talking to, this is less about Shane than it is a, more about other stuff. Cause you know, like also can, a lot of comedians have gotten quote unquote canceled for stuff that goes all the way back to like 2010, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Um, Mike makes a very good point that like a lot of people that are consuming internet content now were not a part of that internet. Oh, and they they don't know that that's what the internet was back then. The internet was like this underground thing where people went to be edgy and say stupid shit, and it was okay on the internet back then. Now the internet is no longer underground. Now the internet is mainstream. So comparing that culture to today's culture, it's never going to win because it's different. It's two different, two completely different internet cultures. I've so never thought of it that way. I yeah, I mean Shane's stuff that he's getting called out for is from like 2008 and 2011. This isn't stuff he did last week. Yeah, the shit that the shit that they got on Jenna for was stuff from 2012. Like this isn't stuff they did last week. This is stuff they did back when the internet culture, which you know as well as I do. Yeah, in two from like there was an era. From like two, I'd say from 2005 to like maybe 2015, 2016, maybe even that late, where the internet was just like constantly horrible stuff being said in the name of comedy to an extent. I'm not, I don't want to say that any of it was right or wrong. It's just very indicative of a time and place. Well, you remember, you know, you can, sorry, go ahead. Well, you remember like whenever we were literally children. Like the internet was where you found Tub Girl, yeah, and Lemon Party, mm-hmm. and and I'm trying to think what else. Two girls, one cup, yeah, and <laughs> and, and, and the and Goatsy, 
and uh, do some Googling, y'all, if yeah. y'all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about what any of those things are. But that shit was rough. And we yeah. were literally kids. Like, like I was, I was like in 12? high school. Oh, okay, maybe I was a little older. I think we I were in, in high school when that shit was going on. No, I was in. I no, because I was at Sunnyvale, and I uh, okay. Uh, I I remember it very specifically seeing that shit while I was in going to Sunnyvale Junior High. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it attests to the fact that. You know, the internet was it was the underground back then. It was a completely different culture, and just general comedy in general was right. different back then. So, I mean, I mean, we make the same you can make the same argument with the founding fathers. Like, do you take down statues and erase the um, the do you erase the legacy of George Washington because his culture? Back then, in the 1700s, the culture he lived in, it was very normal to own slaves. Yeah. Obviously, that's more extreme because it's the 1700s compared to 2012. Yeah. But like... Well, there is a huge movement of people that would say, yeah, take that, take his statue that's, down. And that, yeah, that's why I bring it up is yeah. because, you know, what was what is racism and bad you know it's you know it's it's such a shitty shitty shit sandwich because do i want to defend george washington or do i want to defend shane dawson's blackface characters right no right do i think judging them by today's standards is completely fair yeah maybe not maybe not it's just an interesting i think it's a conversation to be had i I think just applying today's morals and values to yesteryear is kind of rough. Uh huh. You're right. But that, but that being said, I'm also like super in favor of completely erasing the Confederacy. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. Like, oh man, life's hard. Life is hard. Life is weird. Life is very strange. But um, and you, yeah, you know what? Either I know? anyway. <laughs> you know what I know, though? What's that? We're all gonna die, it's our only guarantee it's just to pass the time, I suggest you listen to me It's the Matt on Matt Podcast Recommendsies Recommendsies, everybody What you got for me? Uh, I'm gonna change one of mine Watchmen on HBO I'm so late to the fucking party on this Everybody, <laughs> has, if you haven't seen it Watch it Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Watch The Watchmen on HBO. It is so unbelievably good. It takes what Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons did and just continues it and and continues with new lessons about how awful humanity is and how to survive it. And it, it takes the spirit and even kind of the outline of, of characterizations of the book uh, and just makes it into this fucking masterpiece of a television show. Like, holy shit. It's like, I've never seen anything like this on television. We will never see anything like this on television. I say, fuck the Sopranos. Fuck Breaking Bad. Fuck, like, 
any like any of those types of shows. This did what those shows did, but with this totally outlandish um, world that they put it in. God, it's just so real and so, but also so fantastic and so beautifully shot. And uh, the people involved with making it, I know, were involved with kind of the New York theater scene a bit. And so, um, I mean, there's one character that straight up seems like it's lifted from a 600 Highwaymen play. But like, <laughs> but like, uh, and I texted them saying, like, you need to watch The Watchmen and maybe get some money from them. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, like, Oh my God. It's just, I can't believe how good it is. I don't want to spoil It's spoiler heavy, so I can't really talk about it. And it's, and, and, the, and the story is nonlinear like the book. So it's like, you can't, I mean, you can't talk about it, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but um, man, man, oh man. Like Regina King is, is fucking amazing in this. Just Oscar so winner. good, and and oh, what is that one guy's name? The the uh, do not seek the treasure uh, from oh, John Turturro. No, okay. no wait, not John, not John Turturro, but the other one. Okay, we uh, thought you was a toad. Yeah, God, what's his name? I can't remember, but that guy is great in everything he's been in. He's in this, and he is. He's literally a tinfoil cap wearing <laughs> like superhero slash detective. Like it's, it's so, uh, and he's so human and his story is so good. This is not nearly as bleak as the book, in my opinion. Yes. Tim Blake Nelson. There you go. Tim Blake Nelson. Thank you. <laughs> Tim You're Blake welcome. Nelson, Regina King. God. It's, uh, oh, oh, oh. Jeremy oh. Irons. Jeremy Irons. Yes, yes, Jeremy Don Irons. Johnson. What's Don! the deal with Don Johnson deciding in his late life to become a good actor? Uh, he had grandkids, probably. Um, <laughs> he was like 80s cheesy, corny, bullshit movie king, and he was Miami Vice. And now he's like, you know what? I'm 75. I think I'm gonna start doing some quality work. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, Nash Bridges was the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a nice little five episode arc. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I watched Nash Bridges as a child. I was weird. <laughs> Only child, right here. Like, fucking a, dude. Um, um, I want to watch this show real bad. I remember I saw the movie. I've obviously I've never read the book, but I saw the movie when we were in college uh-huh. and I thought the movie was dope. A lot of people had problems with the movie. I obviously was going in, not knowing the source material, but I liked yeah. the movie. Uh, the movie is very of its time and it's, um, it's fine. I don't love it. I think it's very, um, it's just very of its time. Uh, and okay. Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder changed a lot of what made the book great uh, in order to fit it into two hours. Gotcha. You know? So do I need uh, to go, having seen the movie, do I need to go back and read the book to truly appreciate the show or what's I, the deal here? Uh, I did read the book, so I can't really answer that. My mother watched this and did not read the book and said, no, Okay, she, you don't need to have read the book. They explain what happened in the book throughout this show. But it, I do think that you're going to be scratching your head a lot more than I was scratching my head. 
Okay. If now, that makes and sense. I'm just being honest here. I have no interest in going and reading a full book um, <laughs> right now <laughs> to watch a TV show. Yeah. Um, I'm currently in the middle of another book and it's a, it's a deep dive and I've been reading it for a long time because it's big as shit. The Power mm. Broker, the story of Robert Moses. Um, <laughs> Bro, you need to get in a time machine and just go make out with Robert Moses already. <laughs> telling you he's the most crooked evil maniacal his story is insane <laughs> you are i'm gonna obsessed. write a fucking movie about this guy you For can't yourself? even imagine no i mean i'd have to lose a little weight to play him but i could play the fuck out of him <laughs> um <laughs> he was chubby but he wasn't as big as i am now yeah sure. but i'm telling anyway. you dude this guy is it, it's it, it's he's fascinating he's enthralling yeah it's i know crazy you, to see what he talk- did yeah. Anyway, we've talked about it on the podcast before. I, <laughs> I fucking gress. Anyway, I'm really excited to watch this show. So I think I may go like just like to the Wikipedia page and read like yeah. a plot summary of the book. Yeah, just because I already know the characters. Right, right. Um, well, the, it's it's all it's mostly all new characters. Well, fuck me in the ass. So, but but also not really. Except for um, Jeremy Irons, he plays he plays one of the old characters. Um, oh, and isn't Doctor Manhattan in it? Well, now never mind, never mind. Anyway, what's your next recommendies? <laughs> uh, this is stupid. I mean, uh, I don't even know why I, I blew my load with the, with the Watchmen. Um, go check. I've been watching. Um, <clears throat> Nardwar interviews, old Nardwar interviews. Uh, Nardwar is this Canadian uh, punk rock dude, I think. I think he was involved with punk somehow. Uh, but he gives these really like bracing and intense and um, borderline rude um, interviews with people that are super like he, he just he doesn't ever. I don't know if he ha- is on the spectrum <laughs> or like what, but it's like, he's just like, okay, Matt Beery, Matt Beery. Yeah, man. Matt Beery. What's up, man? You're Matt Beery. I'm Matt Beery. What's going You're Matt on, bro? Beery. You, you, you have the podcast. I do. The Matt on Matt podcast. Yeah. You have the podcast and uh, yeah, it's, it's been around for a while. Matt Beery. We're here yeah. with Matt Beer. It's it's and but then he ends up doing like this thing where he'll get them into a kind of trance by doing that for a while, and then he like busts out a fact that nobody knows about these people. Like, like his interview with Post Malone is really funny. <laughs> like it's, it's in the middle of it, Post Malone is just like, "How do you know all this shit about me, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> Why are you talking about this? <laughs> you sent me a couple of those interviews. You sent me the Eric Andre one and the Post Malone one to watch. And oh my god, brother, there were moments at that where I wanted to crawl out of my skin. The the Eric Andre one is really great because Eric Andre also is an interviewer that fucks with people, mm-hmm. and you can tell he is not okay with it. <laughs> he doesn't like the interview style. He doesn't like not being in control, and he is like. A, Towards the end of the interview, he's just actively trying to leave because he feels like he's just like, dude, you smell bad. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Eric Andre, massive hypocrite. Yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm a like, fan. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> but, but, but for real though, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this thinking like, dude, you pretended to th- to eat your own throw up in front of that lady, and you think this guy's like intense and weird. <laughs> You dug up fish out of the bottom of your stage in front of Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> you had a sing, you had a, a drip of water on some CW actor who was like so mad at you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Recommends these. Everybody go back and watch the Eric Andre show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Eric Andre show is incredible. I've gone on benders because what's it like 10 minutes, 12 minutes long? Yeah. But I've gone on like, benders and watched like fucking it feels like I've watched like 40 episodes at a time. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I've I've gone with the Eric Andre show. I I've watched that in its entirely in its entirety in one sitting like <laughs> six times. <laughs> <laughs> that might be what I've done too. <laughs> Cuz it feel like those episodes feel like they're an hour long, but they're only 10 minutes long. Before you know it, you're into another intro and you're like, right. Jesus Christ, like, what what's the going fuck? on? Where am I? <laughs> I fucking love Eric Andre, man. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, Nardwar, check them go, out. Go watch those. They're, they're funny. What do you got? I recently discovered um, a new series that uh, I think is completed. It's run on FX, has been renewed for season two. You can catch it up on Hulu. It's called Dave and it is... Uh, by Little Dicky, the comedy rapper, uh, Jewish man from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, of 32 years of age. He has written some, has put out some extremely funny rap songs. Um, His most famous thing he did was for Earth Day a couple of years ago. He did this one called Earth, where he had a metric shit ton of celebrities come be part of it. And it was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio and it has like 258 million views on YouTube. It's outstanding. Yeah. Earth by little Dickie. I'm telling you, check it out. The shit's great. Um, And he has like Kevin, like everybody plays themselves in it. It's like a claymation cartoon kind of thing. Everybody plays themselves and says their own thing. The only person that doesn't play himself is Kanye West. Who's played by Kevin Hart. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's um shit's great and then lots of really good songs like uh let me freak and this whole three verse progression of a relationship from the very first time he meets her to their inner relationship to their 89 years old and like on in all three iterations of this life with this woman he's just trying to fuck <laughs> um good shit you're gonna like it um he has one anyway. He has a new show called uh, Dave, which is his real name, and it's the story of him becoming a rapper and him getting fa- not his real story, I don't think, but you know, it's fictional, surrounded around his persona. Um, three, four episodes in, and the shit's pretty fucking funny, and uh, would highly suggest anybody watch it. It's just a really funny, quick, twenty-two minute fucking TV show oh, centered dope. around this fucking nerd getting into rap. <laughs> And um, on a lighter note, on a more materialistic note, I highly suggest everybody out there buy yourself some smart bulbs, especially if you have a Google Home or an Alexa. 
get yourself some smart bulbs and just put them in every light in your house. And then you can control every light in your house with your voice. And then you can make these lights literally any color of the entire color spectrum. And you can make them strobe and you can make your your apartment a house party. And we bought them on Amazon and it's just, I love it. I'm high on this shit right now. <laughs> Smart bulbs. <laughs> Matt sent me a video the other week or the other day of him having a party with his bulbs. <laughs> it was just me and Andrea. And I've got like the seven color crossfade strobe going on and like six lamps in my apartment. And I, I thought it was dope. Matt said it was boring. I told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> like, I, it costs Lights. next to nothing and it's fun. Like, <laughs> it gives you shit. All right. Fair enough. And I can just say, hey, Google. And it does it. I want to <laughs> not do, I mean, I don't want to do it right now because they will literally do whatever I tell them to do. <laughs> literally, whatever you tell literally. them. Literally. <laughs> hey, Google, fudge my taxes and get me some money. Oh, baby. But All right. that brings it to where we go. On this special co-branded Beery and Butterfield version of Don't At Me Bro, we look you dead in your eyes. We look at you, even though this is an audio medium, we look you dead in your stupid fucking eyes and we tell you, wear a fucking mask. Just wear it. Just wear, wear the it. mask. Wear the mask. Just, I want you to close your eyes. If you, if you don't think you need to wear a mask, I want you to close your eyes. And then I want to put your two fingers into your, onto your eyelids. And then I want you to just jam those fingers straight into your eyeballs until you start bleeding. And you understand that you need to wear a fucking mask. Wear a mask. It's not political. We already talked about this for like 45 minutes at the top, but it's not political. It's a, it's a very basic safety standard. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. You understand me? It's the, it's, so if you see someone wearing a mask, they are thinking of you. And then they mm-hmm. see you wearing a mask and they know you are thinking of them. Wear a mask. When I see you out and about and I see you not wearing your mask and you're openly defiant of the mask, that tells me, and there's no debating this, you are a bad person. Mm -hmm. You have no morals. Yep. You have no code that you live by. You are a piece of shit, selfish motherfucker. You know what it tells me? It tells me that you don't, they don't care about their family. Yep. Because they're going to be out there breathing in all that shit, and then they're going to bring it home to their children, and their Mm -hmm. children are going to get sick, and their Mm -hmm. children might die. So when I see you without a mask, I assume that you're okay with murdering your own child. And the type of person that doesn't wear a mask is also the type of person that's going to go to a gathering of 600 people. (laughs) It's true. In tight quarters. It's just who you are. That's That's who you are. who you are. And you, and then and then those are the type of people that are getting it, mm-hmm. and they're getting it, and they're giving it to their families, and their families are dying, and it's just kind of like I wonder whose fault this is. 
mm-hmm. because it's not God's fault. It's not COVID's fault. It's nobody's fault, but your own. You're murdering your own families. You're murdering your parents. You're murdering your sisters. You're murdering your children when you don't wear a mask. And guys, I saw this comparison out there. It's nowhere near as bad as wearing a condom. No. Get real. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was You're like, killing your father, Larry. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so simple because here's the thing about it. And I've said this to you on here and I've said this to other people and I've been tested multiple times while still carrying out business and going places. It is possible to live a life during COVID-19. It is possible to go to stores, to go to restaurants, to see people. But you have to take responsibility while doing it. Which, And the smallest amount of responsibility is wearing a mask. Yes, it's so fucking easy. It's so easy. <laughs> it's just so <clears throat> insane to me that this is what this is what's going to end us. Yeah. If if these if these people don't get it together, this is it. Yeah. We we got maybe 3 years left. Yeah. New York right now is the example in America. Yep, they are. Of how to positive positively live your life during the time of corona. Yes. And, you know, I remember talking to you during that time and you were, you were bummed out about the things that you were having to do, like carry papers. They had a lot of building inspectors coming in. You, uh, uh, I'm not, a lot of my, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I was not blaming you. I'm saying, but you were still good with it. You still still did did it. it. You still did it. You didn't yeah. throw a fit. You still put, you just put your head down and you got through it because you have balls and you have morals and you, you. are like, and you give a fuck balls. and you, and you, you, it's just the, you did, I'm not going to say you did the bare minimum because New York went, did not do the bare minimum. New York went hard, but now mm-hmm. New York's coming back. Yeah. I'd rather be in New York than in Dallas right now. I'll tell you that much. Come hang out. Um, but what I, uh, what I was going to say, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. So wear a mask, wear, wear a, a mask. mask. <laughs> it's so easy, but that's it for us this week. Um, I'm Matt Beery. You're Matt Butterfield. You can follow yep. me on all my social media at Matt Beery zero six. I'm at Twitterfield on Twitter at matters on Instagram. Uh, the show at the pocket sandwich theater is probably not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I about to say, I haven't asked you about that. Yeah, I have no. We keep, we're pushing it back another two weeks. It's like, just. Anyway. Um, Cancel uh, it. <laughs> yeah, just whatever. I don't fucking care at this point. Um, uh, so don't, co- don't be waiting for that. Uh, email the podcast at mattonmattpod at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it. MattButterfield.net for anything else. Yes, sir. Listen for our voices on some voiceover work. We're going to try. Yeah, we're taking We're going for it. Yes, sir. All right. <sighs> Until next time. Adios, fuckers.